Hello, you're listening to the Wilson and Brown Hour with me, James Wilson, and my co-host, George Brown. Now, this is episode six, and I just want to say a massive thank you before we start to everyone who is still listening and has listened to all the previous episodes. I feel like we don't say it enough on this podcast that we really do appreciate people tuning in and actually even just listening. Um, But yeah, without further ado, how are you, George Brown? You good, mate? I'm all good, mate. Yeah, bit bit hot. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe it. It's happened again start of a podcast last week i think he was ascending to heaven in a white jumper this week he's like starsky and hutch because he's put on his sunglasses it's like i'm interviewing a rock star or a film star now he's basically johnny <laughs> Depp, but like 30 years ago um <laughs> <laughs> can i just say i'll take that because johnny Depp 30 years ago was like the best looking bloke in the world so i would take that all uh, day see, long uh, it's always a com- i'm always complimenting you mate um, <laughs> for con- for context listeners i don't normally wear sunglasses inside but i'm borrowing my flatmate's room again because our wi-fi is so bad and it is blindingly bright outside so i actually couldn't look at the computer without wearing sunglasses so plus it does have the side effect of making me feel a bit like stevie wonder so. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant uh well yeah, and also the fact that you get to look like a massive pretentious prick, which you'll just jump at any opportunity to look like one. Um, talking of that, I met you last week. We met up for the first time in about almost four months. We um, had the lovely little sort of 24-hour trip down to our friend Jack Holman, his place in, I mean, like, you know, what an incredible place he's got, by the way. Made me depressed. Yeah. Our age, he's already moved out and got a whole, you know, he's living his life. And there's us two sitting indoors, you're wearing your sunglasses, I've got my long hair, like Lord Farquhar, oh God. Uh, but you know what the first thing you said to me after not meeting your best friend for almost four months, you know the first thing he said, listeners? It was, what the fuck are you wearing? <laughs> I was like, oh, cheers, mate, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Nice oh, to see you. I, I didn't remember that. Yeah, what were you yeah. wearing? Shorts and a T-shirt because oh, it yeah, was you look actually ridiculous. sunny in London. Didn't realise oh, I was pissing yeah. down in wherever you live. <laughs> No, he looked ridiculous, listeners. For context, yeah, uh, it, it was it was valid, and we, and with the hair, honestly, the state of him, it's it's embarrassing. Uh, yeah. So if anyone was wondering, because I had a few, couple of people question me, like, oh, so are you guys really what you are? Like, you seem like on the podcast, because you know, what are you, you just putting on? No, no, no. George Brown is definitely a prick in real life as well. Don't don't worry about it. <laughs> Well, funnily enough, funny that you should mention that and sort of uh, precede how much of a prick I am, because there is one story from um, that meeting in in Cheltenham. Um, So for for a little bit of context here, and this is obviously we've already strayed off script here, because I know for a fact James won't want me to bring this up. (laughs) um, So we, uh, as we said, hello to Holman. I assume he may be listening. So shout out to you. Had a lovely time with him at his flat. Um, just nice to see see people again after so long and um, we had more than a few drinks um, stayed up talking until the early hours and then just as we were going to bed and um, to be clear so uh, obviously James stayed in, in in Jack's bed and I slept, slept on a yoga mat um, in in his living room because well really that was that was nice of me to offer to do that because that's obviously the least comfortable option and then just as we were sort of going to bed like the, the evening was finished Wilson comes out with this absolute gem which is that he says to me because in in Jack's living room is also his computer and that the computer on switch was flashing I would say every 10-20 seconds you wouldn't even notice it you wouldn't even it was quicker than that it was quicker than that but anyway I'll let you get on it was barely flashing and James says 
I tell you what, mate, it's a good thing you're in here because I couldn't be coping with those flashing lights. <laughs> it's true. And I then we get the I revelation. Can't with you, mate. I, I just can't cope with flashing lights, mate. It's the, you're making it sound like, oh, yeah, I was just, it was a random state. I can't, I can't, I just can't deal with it. Anyway, it's nice for you to laugh at my uh, condition there, George. <laughs> well, well, not, I'm I mean, as ridiculous as that statement alone sounds. He then made it more ridiculous by saying that a doctor had told him that he had a he had some sort of aversion to flashing lights now just if everyone else is out there like i know that i know there is such a thing as epilepsy i'm not laughing at any epileptics very serious condition but james doesn't have that okay he's just invented this <laughs> weird <laughs> freakish aversion to the ever so slight flashing lights of a computer for some reason and then got really annoyed that me and jack found it hilarious <laughs> Well, I just, I mean, I was telling you the truth and you'd be like, oh yeah, he, he can't handle flashing lights. I'd be like, yeah, that's true. What's funny about it? I don't get it. What's funny about it is because it's not a thing. No uh, one, is. no one. If anyone's out there, no one anyone's says. Out there who can't, like, he's really sensitive to flashing LED lights, say like night lights or like a computer light. Just, just you, you understand what I'm going through. It is, it is a real pain. It's not a thing. It's not a thing. You've just, you just you are a classic member of the snowflake generation who <laughs> needs something to be wrong with you. So you've just invented that you can't handle flashing lights. Really? Well, here's my comeback. It, I, I went up to the doctors. I mentioned it in passing, by the way. Thanks for, you know, patient confidentiality. That's really, yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, broadcasting it to the nation. Lovely. Um, I also mentioned it in passing. Wasn't the sole purpose of my visit to my GP just in case it was a brain tumour, you know, just just in case. So, yeah, really thanks for, for laughing. And yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, good to see you after four months, you prick. <laughs> it was just the way he said it. It was the, uh, it was the way he said, oh, I tell you what, mate, it is a good thing you're in here because I couldn't, I couldn't cope. I could not cope with those flashing lights. And then what the, the whole next day, country. I just had to play Blinding Lights by the weekend because it was so fitting. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway anyway sorry that was just yeah. i just I, I couldn't let you get away with that not coming up so fair um, enough fair enough i mean it, it, yeah it was it was a nice cherry on top to what was an incredible trip i think um but yeah so i guess we'll move on to the yay or nay section as i said to you pre-podcast report recording i can't talk today brilliant um i got some bangers of some topics that i've brought up this past two weeks um so we'll go straight into it and it's still topical hence it's the first one now, first one is the Grand National, yay or nay? Well, oh. as you well know, I would have said nay up until last weekend because I had never watched the Grand National before. I was a okay. Grand National virgin. But in light of my one only experience of it, it's going to be a massive yay. What a very exciting race it turned out to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd never bet on it before. I'd never followed it. I don't particularly like horse racing, but I put a little bet on. We we stuck it on the TV, and by the end, I was screaming, absolutely oh, going mental for it. So, um, yeah, Holman, no. Holman, absolute legend. Bet on the right horse. He bet on the winner, didn't he? Again, yeah. winnings the next day. Whole, whole six pounds, I think it was. So, enjoy your winnings. I can't wait to see where you're going on vacation with your six pound, mate. I mean, no. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, I love. I can't believe you never watched horse racing. To be honest, you're, you're only like the more sporty of out of the two of us, aren't you? It's it's not a sport, though, is it? It's not a sport. <laughs> well, it is. 
it's an event. So, it's an event. And don't get me wrong, I'm not dissing. Like I'd love we were saying, obviously, because Holman living in Chel- Cheltenham and everything. Also, by the way, love how Holman is just absolutely essential to this podcast. Absolutely, <laughs> he's, we, we, he's the glue holding this podcast together. He's the point. glue, yeah. <laughs> um, and um, but given that he lives in Cheltenham, and obviously Cheltenham race is a particularly famous one, um, I would love to go. I'd, I actually even better. I used to work on race days at Bath Race course um yeah you did you know have to pour drinks for posh pricks and i think it's my turn to be one of those posh pricks so um well it'll give you an excuse to wear your sunglasses again wouldn't it mate so whatever exactly exactly yeah 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 (laughs) with me with me sunglasses on in in me finery probably whack out some like a peaky blinders cap or something incredible yeah Yeah. um and yeah no so but that's what i mean The, the event itself amazing but it's not a sport and it's not a spectator, it's not really a spectator sport either. So that's why I don't. Oh, watch. it massively is. You clearly don't know the crowds that attracts that like Cheltenham or Aintree, like just because it's COVID meant there was no crowds. There's hundreds of thousands of people that go to these places. It's yeah, I know, but they go for the, they go for the experience of the day. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but put it, okay, let point. me put it this way. Has anyone ever watched a horse race when they're not betting on a horse? Of course no. they have. You're waffling, mate. You're no, waffling. I mean, I no one has ever. What's the waffling. point? What's the point? <laughs> it's like watching slower cars. Why would you do that? So, <laughs> slower cars. <laughs> it's still, they're just, they're just slower cars, aren't they? They just go round and round. <laughs> well, you could say that about any sport. Football's just 22 blokes kicking a football about a pitch. A rubber right. ball. Like. No, <laughs> no, because there's a lot of things that can happen in a football game. And there are things can happen in a horse cricket. race, mate. Just because you don't know enough about it doesn't mean you get to slate it, all right? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, bear in mind this started out with me saying yay I'm, I'm all for it in terms of the event in terms of betting on the horses and i was really really excited watching the grand national but as a thing itself an individual horse race is not a thrilling event that's why you have to bet on them because it makes it more interesting mm. okay so next one completely different topic um two and three are actually linked but i'll give you one at a time first one covid tests Oh fucking hell! Nay, 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 nay! Ah, oh. now <laughs> I've got to I've got to preface this first because it, I just sound like the worst person in the world. So you are coming across as <laughs> the worst human being in the world at the minute, mate. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. You okay, I understand how important they are. <laughs> I am not like denying that people should take them you should take them everyone it's really really important to 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 society okay don't go giving anyone covid and killing them off for god's sake okay (laughs) so i'm not suggesting that they're not something we should do and i've only luckily actually had to do one once but it was one of the worst experiences (laughs) of my life (laughs) they're fucking horrible (laughs) they're so horrible even what's worse is that and don't get me wrong like Again, I'm not blaming the volunteers or the, um, you know, the people who have signed up to run these centres that you, where you can go and get a, um, a COVID test because you, your hero is in your own way. Absolutely. But it just so happened that the, when I did go on campus um, in Exeter, it was just like really blunt and unhelpful and I just didn't know what I was doing. So I, I just sort of turned up and I was sort of expecting that they'd, they'd guide me through it. She handed me the thing and was like, right, stick that up your nose. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so you do that and it's absolutely no, deeper. <laughs> yeah, well, the worst one, the, this is the weirdest one, right? Is that oh. the nose thing is horrible, but I guess you can't really get that wrong. 
But then with the tonsil one, she's like, right, okay, put this at the back of your throat. Don't let it touch your tongue or your or the top of your mouth. And that's what? really hard, actually. That's really difficult to do, yeah. especially oh when you're God. thinking about it. Like the whole time I was like, oh, I can't, oh, oh, I can't do it. <laughs> and also, it's then you're then in this bizarre moment of time where you're gagging yourself in front of someone. <laughs> it's really I weird. can just picture you so well and in a room of about 200 people. There's George Brown in the corner gagging and the, the nurse telling her to go deeper. <laughs> Well, no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't in a because the thing is because it's all boobs and stuff. I, it was one to one gagging. <laughs> That's what it was. So this woman just because oh, obviously and also like again, I'm not criticizing her. She was doing her job. She's she's watching me because she's making sure I'm doing it correctly. But that doesn't take away from the fact it's really weird to make yourself gag in front of someone. So I'm just there like I'm gonna try and get to the close to the mic. So sorry, listeners, for this, but you're just there like. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> and then afterwards you just like and after she watches you do this for a minute she's like oh thank you and then you you go off and you just think that was so fucking weird um, oh, it's, a, no. it's a wonderful time to be alive isn't it mate <laughs> oh, yeah so like i said uh, my my nay is conditional in terms of it's a massive yay to the fact that these things exist amazing it's great that we're in this position where we can do rapid testing and all that sort of stuff and the whole system when i did mine i found out i was covid negative within like 40 minutes that's amazing that's really really good but the actual experience of it is the worst it's so horrible and also i like i'm sure there are some people who are just like better with this stuff than me but i'm just useless and cack handed and i probably didn't do it right and it's just a weird i'd prefer it it's, it sounds ridiculous and also a bit kinky but oi, oi. someone did it to me <laughs> what was that if someone did it to you oh if God. someone did it to me yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I don't. Fortunately, I've never had to have one, so you know, I'm, I'm assuming I will at some point in the future. But based off of your description alone, I'm not looking forward to meeting Nurse Ratchet and her digging my tonsils out. <laughs> well, that's the thing; she won't. You have to do it. It's weird oh, okay, to do yeah, it to myself. Like, yeah. Oh God. Uh. And also, like the body, you're not meant to cause yourself pain. Do you know, it's why you can't like tickle yourself or anything like that. You know, it's a weird sensation. Like if you ever try to strangle yourself, you couldn't do it because it's physically, you know, your body would stop you. Yeah. So it's a really weird sensation to like be like <laughs> causing yourself pain. All right, all right, all right. We'll move on to the next one because it is somewhat related. Hence why I came up with these two. So the next one is face coverings or face masks the typical ones you would wear during covid times you know and the reason i bring oh. it up there's a time that you you met me and uh and fred i think it was i think a greenwich station and you put one on and i've never seen you <laughs> react so negatively to just a piece of fabric over your face okay. <laughs> it again over the top reaction you're like oh, bleh, oh i can't wear this i have to wear this the whole way bleh, nah not having this nah okay well right <laughs> i mean yeah i knew uh, you stitched me up because i sound like the worst person like the least grateful person in the I world said the bangers, there would be banging topics mate <laughs> uh to clarify to clarify this was last summer okay face masks were really really new then i'd never worn one before and I, also i i was wearing one of the surgical ones 
and they are the worst ones to wear in terms of to be fair yeah i wear them i think everyone would agree with that i mean obviously they're probably the best at keeping out covid but they're at least comfortable um but no my answer now is honestly yay because like anything you just get so used to it i i wouldn't even notice if i was you know uh, when you go to uni and you study for like three to four hours you've got to wear a face mask it just stays on your face so no i've got like some of the more comfortable fabricy ones whatever they're called now and it makes a massive difference so no definitely a yay and also anyone that doesn't wear a face mask or protests against wearing a face mask come on guys it's been so long now i know i did at the beginning and i said it was really horrible but that's because it was new and we didn't really know at that stage like how important they were um yeah just to you know redeem myself <laughs> I, 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 the, the only reason i brought that was for that story where you just reacted like that. i wasn't expecting you to justify mask wearing i mean with this deep into a pandemic you know, i think everyone knows what the rules are or what to do but thanks for the you know reaffirmation mate that's, that's great <laughs> all right so sorry a bit more fun question four question four number four of yay or nay poker what do you think oh yay Hundred percent, yeah, love it. I mean, well, not just because you look like a poker player now with your sunglasses and the, and the hair and everything, and but you are the most transparent poker player I have ever come across. Like, I, I, I'm not the greatest poker player in the world. I mean, I beat this lot, but you know, that's not hard. George Brown, who would have a good card and he'd be beaming from ear to ear, honestly. Is See, again, this is this is like what you did to me with the drinking last weekend. You make these ridiculous claims. I would say it's I've won poker claim. just as much as you have. And that's, that's not, that's not true. And the problem is, it's it makes for a really dull two minutes where we both argue, but stop making these claims. <laughs> Don't stick me up like, oh, George, you're shit at poker and I'm brilliant. No, you're not. We're very even. <laughs> nah, you're so transparent, mate. It's ridiculous. Anyone who ever play poker knows something called a poker face and you just don't have one i'm afraid i I, I agree with you on that but i think if anything you know i'm not a professional poker player when you're playing with your mates it's perfectly kate you you know you can win and i am evidence of this without having a poker face because it's a game of luck isn't it yeah you've got really good cards you've got really good cards (laughs) but i I just want to say though that throughout the whole past year poker has been the one constant i think as well as a couple other things but every week pretty much without fail poker session love to see it and uh yeah well i just love it when whenever i win because it's more often than not isn't it george brown <laughs> no no it's not the uh, only it was time a joke. Played, it was a joke oh my god the only time we played properly in person i won <laughs> you, didn't. you didn't yes in oxford no you didn't i i took all my money back but anyway it doesn't matter it doesn't matter stop doing this this right <laughs> this is what you, you it's such like a trigger button but the thing is no one knows any better because obviously no one's played poker with us so you could say anything you could be like oh george has never won poker before and i have no way of proving otherwise <laughs> well I, I just love the fact that you're triggered of me saying i'm better than your poker that's brilliant <laughs> anyway yeah well I, i'm going to talk i can talk a bit about why exactly we like poker obviously it's become a bit of a saving grace for us over the last um year or so because you can yeah. play it online and over zoom and that sort of thing um and i think we've spoken a bit about that before so shout out to the creators of poker now you legends mm. um we, but yeah, we are their it's... sole customers i think i say customers it's a free website so we're just exactly players of it, of it. 
Um, but I, I just think, I mean, I think like stereotypically, it's quite a boy thing to do because it's all about ego and like out bluffing each other and that sort of thing. And I don't mean that in a sexist way, like, of course, girls can play poker, but it just tends to be a boy's night, doesn't it? Um, and yeah, no, I, I, what I'd love to do, and obviously we haven't been able to do this, is like a proper full on poker night with like, oh God, yeah. I don't know, whiskey on the table. I, I was going to say cigars, but I actually don't want a cigar. So they can, they can be, be there. Oh, cigars it. optional. Everybody like dress up smart. You don't look gagging on it anyway. Play, play um, Kenny Rogers, the gambler in the background oh, just yeah. on repeat. That's your, that's your new favourite song, Yeah, that's your favorite tune in a minute. Um, mm. Yeah, no, yeah, poker, definitely a yay. Definitely a yay. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Massive yay. Okay, final one, number five. <laughs> you, you already mentioned about being triggered. Here we go again. Oh, no. It's birds. And by that, I mean seagulls, pigeons, anything with wings that can fly. I think he might walk out. Listeners, you can't see this, but I think he genuinely might throw himself out the window. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, obviously it's a nay. James <laughs> has made that abundantly clear. Okay, right. So after having a go at him for his, well, it's not even a phobia. He claims he can't handle flashing lights, like a medical condition, which is just not. But anyway, <laughs> I have a genuine phobia of birds, okay? <laughs> there is a term for it. It's like all over phobia or something like that. It means phobia of birds. Now, it's not the same as being afraid of them. Yes, it is. What, what is it then? What but is a it phobia then? is an irrational fear. Like yeah, irrational. so you're afraid of them. <laughs> but it's but that's like the whole definition is that it's not because fear is when you recognize you're in danger i know i'm not in danger i do know that okay. but i i so, still don't like them i feel and also i know it's a favor because i also don't like dead birds like if i ever see a dead oh, bird i don't oh, like that either. I, I, I don't think that's anyone crazy. likes dead birds though but yeah i mean yeah, but, but I just, ah, oh, even thinking about it now just makes my skin crawl. It's horrible. <laughs> I hate, I just hate them. I just hate birds. I hate birds, basically. They're the worst thing. They're ugly. And uh, like, as soon as, and this is my thing, as soon as they decide that they want to rule the world, we're all dead. We're all dead. That's, <laughs> we're just dead. They, they could take they us out so easily. Why would, they, why, that's, see, that's just the irrational fear coming back in it. That makes no sense. And I, I get blamed for having fear of flashing lights, honestly. <laughs> but do you do you, I was going to bring this up because do you remember I was thinking this other day we're, we're at um St Michael's Mount down in in Cornwall on like the coast oh, and you'd bought like a, a three pound meal deal obviously a, a duck hoisin wrap which is also bird you were eating and I think the seagulls swooped down and stole it from you and you were about to have a heart attack I think you're flailing your arms it touched around. my mouth <laughs> it touched my mouth <laughs> Like, of, 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 I would genuinely say, of the of the top five worst moments in my life, that's it. That's in there. That was just because, like, for the rest of the day, it spoiled everything. We were having a lovely day. The St Michael's Mount, sure anyone knows, is a beautiful right? spot. <laughs> they're just they're just horrible. Like seagulls are the worst. I don't know why you're not allowed to kill seagulls. I think I that should be a rule. Great. I love seagulls. You know. What? No, you don't. Yeah, no they're... one likes seagulls. No, they're, they're, they're cool. Sky. They're just, you know, when you go to the seaside, you hear the, the you know, the squeaking of the seagulls and they're there and they're just stealing other people's ice cream. And it's hilarious. Most likely because I'm looking at you. <laughs> I'm having a great time. Love it. 
I, I don't love them. I hate them. They're the, they're the worst ones because they're, they're fearless as well. Like most birds in general are more scared of humans than we are of them. Not seagulls. No chance. He ate a sandwich out of my mouth. That's disgusting. <laughs> that is not a bird that is in fear. That is a bird that thinks, I reckon I can have him. And he was right. <laughs> he just, you know, fancy some food. I, I don't know. I, I find it hilarious. There's so many. Literally, when we're walking through like London, and there's just pigeons everywhere. To be fair, pigeons are the worst. They're like rats with wings, but anything comes near him. Oh my God, what was that thing? We were watching that film, I just remembered this. The, um, oh, was it Silence of the Lambs? No, not that. Some film, I was at your house. I, it might have been Manchester by the Sea. It doesn't, the film doesn't matter. We were watching this really intense film that had just been gradually building over the course of like two hours. And like yeah. we, there was also like some moths in your house at the same time. And then like a really crucial suspense, suspenseful bit. I just did that and like clapped my hands next to your ear. <laughs> it was the funniest thing. <laughs> you just leapt out of your chair. <laughs> Well, that's not funny, is it? That's exploiting someone's fears. Like, how would you like it if I started shining some lights, bright boy? How would you well, like that? I mean, that's clearly my kryptonite. I just, I'd have to concede the feet, wouldn't I? <laughs> oh. But, but yeah, no, I hate them. I, I, it's, it's everything. Like, genuinely, and it, it is sort of. I probably need to get therapy about it because, like, well, I went to Venice when I was on my year abroad, like one of the most beautiful cities I've ever been to and probably in the world. But my analysis of Venice is it's really nice, but there's too many pigeons because it's so narrow. The streets are so narrow. They're all like back streets and alleys and stuff that mm. in London, obviously, yes, there are lots of pigeons, but there's lots of open spaces where they can obviously fly away. Mm. In Venice, if with the crowds, if you walk near a pigeon, it flies straight up. <laughs> and I just hate that. I was just constantly on edge. Because the thought of one touching me is just the worst thing I can imagine. So like every, everywhere I'm walking, I'm just like, oh, Jesus, ducking out of the way. It's, it's awful. I hate them. I cannot uh, stress this enough. I hate them. <laughs> to be fair, I, like, I, I'll never understand your fear for it. But because you already have it, I do feel some sympathy for you because it must. you can't go out. You just can't go outside. <laughs> the fear of for fear of birds attacking you <laughs> oh shit it's a bird thank god especially like that when you're on holiday you're supposed to be relaxing chilling out and there's oh shit it's a bird <laughs> i mean uh I, I, yeah i feel i feel for you there mate Gen genuinely like that must be horrible but, um well, funny, you've just reminded me, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about this, but actually another story that we, we sort of shared. So um, obviously not, not this most recent New Year's, but the New Year's before that, we went down to Brighton, didn't we? Yes. Um, me, you and yes. a couple of the other boys. And um, that night, you, you and uh, I think I was home and went home earliest, I think. So you were ahead and I was, I was walking home by, my, by myself. Yeah. And I got I got a Burger King because I was drunk and, you know, on the way back along the seafront, except that I'd got it into my head because there were seagulls around that it was going to happen again. What had happened at St. Michael's Mount was going to happen no and they were going to come for my burger. And so what this led to was me looking like a paranoid schizophrenic <laughs> in that literally every two seconds I'd look around like that, look straight up, look, look around, like check. And then I'd take a very small bite of burger and then look around again, look around, look around, like that. Like, Anyone that must have seen me be like, well, someone's following that bastard because he's <laughs> really in trouble. <laughs> but it, it does, it spoils my life. Oh, God. I mean, poor people at Brighton, if there's only one out at like 2 a.m., just walking, seeing this manic bloke, <laughs> just 
walking around. <laughs> oh, blimey. I mean, that was another trip that was just a, a complete mess, wasn't it? I, You know, I ended up that night because I'd lost everyone else. And then Jack said he would take me home. So I was like, fine. Yeah, cool. I'm a, a bit, had a bit too much to drink. Take me home. I lost him outside the club. And because the club is like on the on the beach almost i i just <laughs> i knew i couldn't get myself home so i just laid down on the on the rocky beach and was like yeah just uh, this is my fate i'm just, just gonna let the waves <laughs> take me away well like you accepted <laughs> death <laughs> well i mean clearly i'm very good at accepting death from my poem last week which everyone loved by the way <laughs> Yeah, very true. Oh, um, right. I, 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 what I remember from um, that night is you being very drunk and very excited and us having to man-mark you in the club. <laughs> oh, that was it. It was zonal marking of James it Wilson. We, we blocked you in in the corner of the club and zonal marked. <laughs> you pads on that. <laughs> Defend that Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was, but yeah, well, anyway, random, but that was, that was a funny night. That was a hilarious night. Ah, many, ah. To be honest, I can't remember much about that night. I don't know about you, but when you got home, but, um, but yeah, anyway, moving on. I, I don't really have um, anything else specifically to talk about. It was nice to see you last week, but I guess, how's the week been, mate? How's, how's the update on how things are going? Anything of note to, uh, to talk about? Um, well, it's just been so nice because obviously this week has been the first week of restrictions lifted, restrictions mm. being lifted. Um, it, uh, you know, I was in the pub by the key in XC yesterday, sat in the sun, few pints, honestly, just absolutely heaven. And I also went on holiday with my family this week, again in That's Devon, right. to, a, to a lovely little cottage there, which had like a fire and a hot tub and all that sort of stuff. So that was amazing. And that, to be honest, the problem is I feel like I'm on holiday too much. I mean, I'm wearing sunglasses inside right now. That's that's the vibe that we're talking about. And <laughs> I actually have out. No, I yeah, and I, I have assignments due in like a week. <laughs> I really oh, need God. to get back into the education <laughs> zone. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I mean, I mean, I've pretty much done the same. Had a lovely day out with a few friends yesterday. Um, walking around Greenwich Park. It was a beautiful day. So many people. Um, and just yeah, as you said, enjoying the uh, freedom that is. You know, somewhat restrictions being lifted um but again it's it's almost like that false hope thing because things are opening up it's like yeah yeah let's do stuff but then it's still not that much to do and there's still a while away yet until things are actually going to be normal again you know um yeah and the other thing is it's obviously lovely that we can be outside but also it's not that hot yet so you do still get really really cold i was, freezing, at I was, yeah, I was yesterday. freezing last night yeah oh also, the lack of public toilets is a problem because we're in Greenwich Park. We're walking about like 20 minutes trying to find somewhere. <laughs> it was an absolute <laughs> nightmare. My mate Michael Wait, went to get a bush somewhere. No, I eventually found somewhere, somewhere, thank God. But yeah, it was in an absolute state. But, um, oh, well, there we go. There's, there's some stories we can tell talking about <laughs> weeing, bizarrely, because as you well know, James, I have quite a nervous bladder. <laughs> Oh, well, I can't just, wee in public. Just put a disclaimer, yeah. So to a point where anywhere I go with him in public, he, he always has to wait for a, a cubicle to be free. If it's just a wee, he, he can't go standing up at urine. He just can't, he can't do it. He can't cope with it. <laughs> so we always have to wait like 10 minutes for a queue to go down just so he can go into a cubicle for like 30 seconds. 
is oh, come on mate yeah sort, sort yourself out lad birds <laughs> well, public yeah. toilets <laughs> I, but also the one that really sticks out is in barcelona um when we were getting a bus to the club and i knew oh that we God, so yeah. bad the famous words of <laughs> james james it's in my chest <laughs> <laughs> bear in um, mind we'd all gone you know like less than half an hour before got on this bus into the center of barcelona or like on the, the strip of clubs and <laughs> when your best mate is in really, really desperate need of something and you can't help i mean i, I did the, the respectful thing of whipping out my phone and taking a photo of us two because that's what best friends do for each other right <laughs> and there's a brilliant photo of less than half an hour before there's a filter like a snapchat filter of me and george and we're, we're you know we're looking sharp we're looking slick you know it's, oh, yeah lads let's go out <laughs> half an hour later <laughs> you're practically yellow with your face just collapsing as, as you just whisper in my ear it's in my chest <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, this reminds me of something else, right? So this this is also a revelation that's um, come about this week, is that I think, and I, I claimed this the other night, <coughs> that if there was a world competition, which I assume there isn't, for worst 20 photos of the same person, <laughs> I really think I'd win. I really, really do. From childhood oh, God, to now... Yeah. Like and and this is this uh, before anyone says it. No, it's not just because I'm hideously ugly. <laughs> well, I'm just mean you like I, <laughs> you don't know what it looks like, so you have a part <laughs> in that one. But. Yes, but that that that's that, that's not what I'm saying. This isn't some self pissy episode. It's just that I can't seem to do the normal or right thing in a photo at any point. So I mean, obviously, this isn't particularly great podcast material because you can't see the photos that I mean. But there was oh, we were laughing so much. My mum had found some old photos on her phone. And one, there's one photo of like me and my cousins, and clearly everyone has been told to jump up in the air except right. that everybody else is on the ground and I am six feet in the air <laughs> it's the worst photo honestly because also I'm looking around as if to be like where are you guys <laughs> <laughs> what's going on <laughs> as I spring and and the worst one James I mean I'll, I'll try and get my mum to send it to me so I can show you but yeah please do I'd love to see it oh this this one was so embarrassing so this was when I went to Oxford with my cousin when I was I would say like 12 or 13 and I would say not at my physical peak. Let's, let's put it that way. Okay. And um, in this photo, it's by a tree. And I think the relevance of this tree, though I possibly like the tree a little bit too much, is that I think the tree was in Harry Potter because they filmed some of Harry Potter ah, in one of the Oxford okay. colleges. Right. And I like this tree so much that someone has clearly said, right, right, George, okay, pose for the photo now. And I've sort of turned done a pelvic lean against the tree <laughs> and then looked back sort of like over my shoulder like hey <laughs> and honestly it's the, it is the worst it looks like do you know what it looks what like what were you going like... for can i just ask what were you trying to achieve with that post? well exactly but this is what i mean i think in my head i'm being sexy <laughs> with a tree but it looks like honestly God, if you, look if you at put this it in like, oh, wow this is different gravy. <laughs> if you put it in like sepia 
um, sort of lighting or something. It could be an album cover from the 70s, honestly. And, like, and then my, my sister said, yeah, called The Virgins. <laughs> 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 which is to be fair I mean quite literally accurate at the time but yes n- never has never has a photo screamed virgin so much um, I just I think what it is as well like I'm meaning that as a best mate I would mean this in the politest possible way but I just don't think you have a particularly photogenic face which no. doesn't bode well in terms of photos and, and coupled with that you are as stiff as two planks when it comes to moving like who is it your mum or your dad or someone who says like you walk particularly strange like as if it's just one plank just walking down the street or like <laughs> something because even in, a, in dancing in nightclubs, you have one move. And I'm pretty sure most people can relate to George because it is the classic stepping from side to side with a thrown in with some cheeky little hand spasms to make it seem like you know what you're doing. <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, I'm just not blessed with the old photogenic look, mate, I'm afraid. No, I just, I think you're absolutely right. I'm not arguing with you at all. And I, it's because the second that anyone brings out a camera, my body just does weird things. Like I just don't know what to do with my hands I don't know how to smile I don't know how to stand like there are so many photos that we found of me with my arms like pushed down at my sides like really obviously pushed down and it looks so weird no one has ever stood like that in the history of mankind but (laughs) someone's got a camera out and I was like right George Pose look cool and I've like gone like that and put my arms down really (laughs) really fast it looks like I'm throwing a shot it looks ridiculous oh yeah, that is bizarre. But maybe just just learn how to stand normally, you weirdo. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, <clears throat> I've, I've nothing else really to add. If you unless you want to move on to the old football section, matey. I'm very happy to. I'm very happy to leave my fear of birds. It's not birds been a good ten minutes for me in not, this podcast. It's not really. been a good last forty-five minutes, mate. I don't think. <laughs> but <laughs> I, to be honest, I do want to talk about football because it's been it's been a crazy sort of week or two weeks for Chelsea Football Club. And I know we often talk about Chelsea and potentially West Ham, but obviously that is our respected clubs. But I want to go back two weeks ago where you got battered five-two from West Brom, which we didn't really speak about on the podcast after all. Um, mm-hmm. So that was a, a, almost a freak result. And then you won against, or you lost against Porto, but you got through the Champions League into the semi-final, huge. And you also, yesterday, at the time of recording, yesterday, Chelsea beat Man City's, uh, well, Pep Guardiola at um, 1-0 to go through to the final of the FA Cup. So I just want to talk to you, like, especially, you must be hating this right now, because Frank Lampard left a few months ago, what, January? And since then, it's been nothing short of a complete change of fortune at Chelsea because you went on this incredible unbeaten run. And as I've just mentioned, you've made, taken massive strides in competitions that no one has expected you to ever win. You might not, but you're doing incredibly well. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't exactly say that I'm hating it. Obviously, I'm quite enjoying it. You know, it's good to see your team doing well. Hating was the wrong um, word, but this part the, 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 Yeah. It's, it's a good question. What I would say is that as much as a Frank, of a Frank Lampard fan as I am, and I will be, and I will never feel good about the fact that they sacked him because I still think it was harsh, even though we've done it really well since. It's, it can still be harsh. Um, what I would say is that where Frank did sometimes come up short was in big games. I just don't think he had the tactical 
a sort of what's the word variety or flexibility or and, and also probably just the managerial experience to come up against some of these top managers and sometimes in big games we did look a bit naive um and i i remember particularly when city beat us 3-1 in january i think and it could have been about 6-1 like that they absolutely killed us um whereas Tuchel in fairness this should mark against him I think I remember saying this when he first got appointed if he could win some of the big games um that really would be you know that would be in his credit to his credit and that's exactly what he's doing um you know the stats been on Instagram all week and it so he's beaten Simeone twice Klopp once Ancelotti yeah. Mourinho all without conceding a goal and that's incredible yeah, and I just want to, you know, it kind of reaffirms uh, Abramovich's his his ruthlessness in appointing managers so quickly in the quick turnaround. I mean, I, I'll be honest, I don't think Frank Lampard was ever going to be a long-term appointment. It was just a filler placement until he there was a better appointment um, in, in, in Tuchel. Um, but, yeah, it, it's been proved right. I don't think you'd have gotten this. And the fact that you're probably going to finish fourth now, what with West Ham losing to Newcastle yesterday, even though... Nord Lingard did score for yet a, another game. Um, I do think you'll finish fourth now, what was that result? But it's just, yeah. I, I also think Lampard lost some of the players, like crucial ones like Azpi, uh, maybe Rudiger, and a couple of the other senior boys that meant the, the team morale just wasn't there. You didn't have the, the kind of um, right morale going into games to try and win them. Um, but yeah, do you, I guess you've got to be happy with what you've what you've seen so far and going forward where do you see potential signings and stuff where who would you want like realistically to to improve your squad from where you are right now but given that the season isn't over who would you kind of on your watch list to be signed in the summer if you had me oh it's 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 so easy to answer that one actually it's a great question but i think all chelsea fans know the answer and i think even the club knows the answer because it's pretty obvious who they're going to go for it's a striker you know a 20 to 30 goal a season striker because in fair in fairness to Tuchel this is what I'd say before you know it's easy to be like the Frank was failing blah 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 blah. I do think we've been he's been quite fortunate in terms of the fixtures and the run that he's had it's getting Porto in the quarterfinals was obviously a good draw quite fortunate um, and until playing City in the semis our FA Cup run was a bloody doddle like seriously we couldn't have picked it any better i think we played luton morecambe um barnsley and then we finally got a premier league team but it was sheffield united and we barely won that so we've been he's been so fortunate in the draws that he's got and i do think that lampard would probably have won both of those games um the porter game the sheffield united game for example where where, where i think tuchel has gone above expectation is i don't think lampard would have beaten city so that's that's where he's really come into his own. Um, but yeah, but the thing that he's also got to call is a really, really good squad. That squad is arguably, apart from cities, the best in the Premier League. Mm -hmm. There's so many, there's so much competition. He can change the team most weeks and it doesn't really matter. Um, so, you know, we are in a good place. There, there's a lot of really good players and really good young players as well in that side the one position in which we are severely lacking and the one position that they will obviously try and strengthen is up front yeah. because we have a german bloke who's playing there at the moment who is not very good and i've i've had a rant See, about him before uh, yeah well we won't go into the, the the how bad timo werner is but 
he's a flop because he's not providing what you, what the expectation was at the beginning of the season, considering he scored like 30 plus goals in the Bundesliga last year. But, you know, he's not a complete waste of time and energy because he does run the channels. He may, he created the assist for the goal last night or whenever it was in the, the yeah, yesterday against City. And he does, he does at least try, even though he's perhaps not quite good technically or has a, as good enough end product. But, you can't say he doesn't try to contribute and, and, and does have an effect on some games. when he, when he I, I agree with you, mate. I agree with you. I think he's almost a difficult player to hate, actually. And, and, and weirdly, I'm, I'm constantly amazed how forgiving the Chelsea fans have been of him. Like, mm. I follow, obviously, a lot of the Chelsea fan groups on, on social media. And there's always, there's, like, constantly there's posts like, if you don't trust Timo at his worst, you don't deserve to see him at his best. And and I, I think, think that was the really Chelsea has... site, wasn't it? And I was like, well, are we not sure this isn't him at his best? <laughs> exactly. I think it probably is him at his best. That's the thing. I think that's the thing. He does try really hard and he does run channels. But technically, he's fucking rubbish, guys. He is fucking rubbish. He looks like sometimes he can't kick. Like, as sad as that is to say, like, we did you see the miss for Germany? That yes, was a right-footed was finish. Horrendous. And he seemed to fall yeah. over his foot and kick it with his left. Like, yeah. I'd have scored that. You'd have scored that. My nan in her wheelchair would have got up to put that one away. Like, <laughs> he has some real technical <laughs> deficiencies. Um, and I'm not saying we should sell him. I'd keep him in the squad. Well, I'd I, play him as a winger. I think you're going to sell Tammy. That's probably the plan, isn't it? Probably to West Ham, let's be honest. And if the rumours are true, yeah, get 30 no, to 40 I, million I, for Tammy, Abraham. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think Tuchel leaving Tammy out of the squad yesterday, um, that's, mm. that's, that's a sign that Tammy's going to go in the summer because obviously Tuchel's still going to be manager. So, yeah, I think that'll be the end of Tammy. So, yeah, no, uh, sorry. It's been a long-winded answer, but it is Chelsea, so I'm always going to do that. Um, but a striker... And preferably one by the name of Erling Braut Haaland, if you mm. would, Mr. Roman, please. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, it's going to be a battle, isn't it? It's going to be a battle. I, I just hope he comes to the Premier League. I've said this before on the podcast, but haven't he's just built for the Premier League? I said, I think I said this to either you or someone the other day. His his pace, power, and just presence on the pitch, where he bullied Ruben Diaz, who has been part of the best defense consistently this season in in terms of being Man City. Um, with Chelsea not far behind, by the way, that's another thing that's gone underrated with Tuchel at Chelsea, his uh, ability to turn a pretty average Lampard defence and then bring in some other players to make him, I'd say, probably second best defence in the league. But we'll come on to that in a second. My main point about uh, Erling Haaland, yeah, just whoever's agent he is, just make sure he comes to the Prem, all right? If, you, if you're hearing this podcast <laughs> or if anyone has contacts, yeah, get him to the Prem, make, sign the contract, get him in. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And obviously, yeah, you're right. It's going to be a battle. And I would think Chelsea aren't favourites to get him either. Though I suppose if we do, do you know, let's say we get to the Champions League final or whatever, then that starts to look a more attractive proposition. Um, but even the other rumour is that if it's not Haaland, it will be Lukaku. And I would take Lukaku. Really? That's really surprising, considering you sold him for, what was it, 30 million to Everton back in the day? Yeah, and, well. And he was, he was kind of... Don't get me wrong, he's a, he's a brilliant striker, but I'm just not convinced he's exactly what Chelsea need. Well, like, he's just okay a goal scorer, isn't he? It, that, that's what he is. He's a goal uh, scorer. He guarantees you 20 to 30 goals, and that's what we need. Does he, though, in the Prem? Yeah. Will he guarantee yeah, yeah. 20 to 30 goals? He got 27 for Everton. That's mad. That's really hey, impressive. Uh, who is that? Um, 
uh, Roberto, no, was it, who is it? The current. I think he got. To, I think he actually got twenty-seven under Kuman. I think that was Kuman. Yeah. Well, basically, the way they played um, really set them up for just hitting him on the counter attack, and him. I would want to call him a tapping merchant, but he was very clinical for that one season, I think. But then he went to Man United. Things didn't work out. Mourinho hated him. I think I think you're being a bit harsh. I I I, I wouldn't say I'm a Lukaku super fan or anything, but his goal record in the Premier League is phenomenal. Yeah, like, it's yeah, scary. It's just, his goals per game is incredible. Probably, I don't think yeah. like, like he could be stat padding against certain teams. Though, that's the thing I don't know the stats. And also, just watching him on the eye test, his first touch was horrendous. I'm pretty sure every single Man United fan would agree with me there by saying watching him and his sometimes his kind of effort in games where you want him to make the run in behind and he just sometimes wouldn't. Yeah, I just I don't know if if Chelsea's where he wants to be at the minute. But hey, well, if you sign him for seventy million, yeah. uh, to to be to be clear, I agree with you on two points there. Obviously, I prefer Haaland. Obviously, I'm not suggesting Lukaku should be first choice, but I'm also being realistic. Um, and two, I agree with you. The question mark with Lukaku is not his goal scoring. His goal scoring is brilliant. It's the other stuff. His first touch isn't that great, and sometimes he doesn't. You know, he looks a bit bit clumsy, bit awkward. You know what I mean? As you said, the eye test is a good way of describing it. So, yeah, no, I do agree with you on on those two points. Yeah, um, well, I guess if that's what we want to talk about, Chelsea might as well talk about West Ham for a bit. Now, we lost to, yeah. lost to Newcastle yesterday, which was... I didn't actually watch the game. I was out with some friends, as I said, enjoying some fresh air for the first time in, well, apart from last week, long time. Um, <laughs> but I... Uh, I was gutted because I refreshed the page at 2-2 and Lingard had just scored a penalty. I was like, yes, we're actually top four still on. And then a few minutes later, Joe Willock, is he, is he on loan from Arsenal, by the way? That's a question I don't know. Um, who's <laughs> Given Arsenal's performance today, Joe Willock still had the best Arsenal performance this weekend <laughs> because <laughs> Arsenal were terrible against them today. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't think we're going to get top four now. I think we needed to win, especially... With, Especially this game against Chelsea coming up next week. It's going to be tough, I think. Yeah, it's the big one, isn't it? Who would have thought a West Ham-Chelsea fixture would be the decider for the top four? But quickly, yeah. I like. I know we've talked about Chelsea and obviously I'm always happy to do that. I want to talk about West Ham. Like, you know, it's, I, I said to my dad the other day, I'm possibly the only Chelsea fan in the world whose second team is West Ham. <laughs> and I appreciate that. But it's just because of the links. Like my dad's a, a, a lifelong West Ham fan. Obviously, you're a Hammers fan, and I've been to see West Ham play, thanks to you and your uncle's season tickets, basically, um, yeah. more than I've been to see Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. So I do have an affinity with West Ham, obviously not more so than Chelsea. But, and this is the thing, you know, I think in light of all this European Super League stuff that, you know, boils my blood with these, yeah. with the big clubs thinking they can just automatically get qualification and all of this sort of crap, West Ham and Leicester this season are proof as to why that can never happen. Yeah. Because you can't take anything for granted. Anyone is capable of putting together a run for Europe or even the title as Leicester proved a few years ago. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think it's great. And I would, even though I'm a Chelsea fan, I guess the best case scenario is we win the Champions League so we qualify automatically yeah. and West Ham and Leicester get third and fourth. I would love yeah. that. I'd love to see that. Yeah, or even I think it still works out if we finish fifth and you finish fourth but win Champions League. Because there'll be an extra spot going, wouldn't there? So we'd automatically. I don't know. It doesn't work like that. Okay, but either way, yeah, I, I get your point. Yeah, but I was just curious about that. But yeah, um, 
I agree. And and what was this just touching what you mentioned there, like the Super League of European big clubs. It's it's ridiculous, isn't it? Because it would mean, say, for example, Tottenham, who's potentially not even going to get into Europa League this season, depending on how the rest of the season goes, and, and Arsenal as well, that would mean they would be playing on a European level consistently without any kind of ramifications. And clubs like West Ham and Leicester wouldn't get a look in. And it would just create a massive gap again between the wealthy clubs at the European level and those at the bottom that just kind of, well, that's you've got your domestics, that's it. But yeah, and also just take the fun out of it. Having West Ham being in contention for a top four finish this season has been the highlight of my year, I think. Like it's just every week I watch them, it's fantastic. Knowing that like the signing of Lingard in January, which I called him a clown, yeah, fair enough, but he's come up wonders. And and the run that we've been on, considering we've been missing some key players like Ogbonna, now Rice, Antonio and Creswell at left back, even Lingard went off injured yesterday. The fact that we're still churning out results apart from yesterday is fantastic. Uh, considering you'll probably get relegated next year, I'm enjoying every minute of it. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. What is it with you West Ham fans and your negativity? My dad said exactly the same thing the other day. He was really? like, I'll put a bet on West Ham to get relegated next year. Why can't you enjoy things when they're good? No, like, it's, no, 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 no. Because as a West Ham fan, you, you've been through so many years of utter shite where you just you build your hopes up and then it's like stolen, snatched away from you in the 93rd minute because of a stupid penalty or something. And so many times I've been let down that you just kind of learn to accept that your fate is always at the bottom of the at bottom of the table. So anything above that is just a bonus that's going to be fleeting in its time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, to be fair, it's pretty pretty good odds on West Ham getting relegated next year. I might put that on myself. <laughs> no, you won't get relegated next year. Um, but yeah, no, just to, to and also the, the other quick thing to say on West Ham is just how good they've been to watch recently. You know what's that? Incredible. For, for one, three, three, and three, three twos in a row. Amazing. Yeah. They're the best team to yeah. watch. It's so exciting. I mean, nerve-wracking for a West Ham fan. Last week against Leicester, because oh. every week... So let me just explain this to listeners as well. For the last month, I'd say, we'd West Ham would go 3-0 up. And ever since we drew 3-3 with Arsenal about three weeks ago, every week I say in the group chat, when we go 3-0 up, if this ends 3-3, I'm giving up with football because it's so heartbreaking to watch. We do so well for the first half, scoring three incredible counter-attacking goals. So then, no, we're just going to throw it away and potentially concede three. And the last 10 minutes is a nervy, can we hold on a 3-2 lead with 10 minutes to go and players injured? Oh, it, it tugs on the heartstrings. It really does. I absolutely hate it. So the fact that we've managed to do it. I think that's also something to a more serious matter about Moyes and the fact that he can't see out games at the minute. Maybe it's players. We don't have the biggest squad in the world, but it's a mentality thing as well. We just sort of panic as soon as the first goal goes in against us. We just can't cope with it. We just collapse. Um, so that's something to be rectified next season. But I don't know if you had something to say that, by the way. Um, it looked like you were going to say something. Um, no, I agree with you. I mean, I'm I'm not even a, a West Ham fan, and watching the West Ham Leicester game last weekend was was torture. I've never seen a team look like they want to throw it away more. Like really, Leicester should have scored in those last six minutes of injury time. What were you doing? It was Keystone Cops. Like literally, people just Arthur Masiwaku trying little flicks on the edge oh, of his box, just like doing? what are you doing? And then crosses come into the box, no one's clearing it. Just panic, panic, panic. Mm. Um, but it's very entertaining. <laughs> 
as a neutral, brilliant football. I recommend anyone to watch it. But also, like, play deploying Ben Johnson at left back. I ah, I, it boils my blood every time I see him on the team sheet, or even comes on as a sub because he's useless. I like the guy. He's you know he's probably a nice bloke. I've met him, <laughs> but defensively he's just inept at being. Yeah, he's played that position, but that's just you know, a problem that needs to be sorted sooner rather than later. Why play him at left-back when we have Masuaku? Even he is still crap. I'd rather play him there. Or just change the formation. Change it so we don't have to play players that can't defend. It, yeah, it's it's so frustrating when we go 3-0 up, bring on Ben Johnson. Oh, it's quite terrifying because I know what's going to come. We're going to lose 3-3 or 4-3 or something. <laughs> yeah, um, well, the, the, the dream is still alive for now top four still alive yeah. even Europa League that's that's massive for a club like us um yeah just looking forward to see where we end up to be honest no it's set, it's set up for a really exciting end of the season isn't it mm, really and a huge game against Chelsea are we at home or are you, are you uh no it's at it's at the stadium oh wow and we've done really well there this season without any fans booing us all time, every single time we play, get on the pitch so <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess that remains to be seen whether West Ham or Chelsea will end up in the top four and it will probably be decided next week. But um, I think we're almost at the end of the hour, mate, unless you've got anything else to say. No, just to say it's been as enjoyable as ever, my mate. Fantastic. Yeah, I've loved it. And again, a massive thank you to everyone watching. Uh, watching? Well, I'm watching George Brown with his sunglasses on, but everyone listening, I, I'm, I regret you can't also see it. <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening, guys love talking to George today and uh, yeah we'll see you around in a couple of weeks time bye